right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne, and it is my responsibility to pull these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today we have Janae Rose, who is a yoga teacher, thought coach, wellness influencer, and mindfulness advocate. She spends her time bringing ancient practices or the concept of mindful living into the modern day world. She also opens up on navigating career changes, mental health struggles, and the world of wellness for her personally. We go behind the scenes to get real about yoga and how these stunning Instagram poses we all see on Instagram each day are really only a fraction of what yoga has to offer. So let's dive in. And before we do that, of course, please do leave us a little love for any past interviews. Or if you like this one, drop us some stars wherever you're listening. A review does go a long way. The episode itself is brought to you by Keo, which is our daily reflection app. All of these awesome guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily reflection. And you can find that in the Apple App Store by typing in KYO. Thank you very much and have an incredible day. The first question is, who are you? Well, what an open-ended question. I would say. <laughs> um, my name is Janae Rose. Um, I go by Namaste Janae on my blog and on social media. And I'm a yoga teacher, thought coach, wellness influencer, and I like to say mindfulness advocate. <laughs> Love that. Love that. What does that mean to you, mindfulness advocate? I think... A lot of what I try to do um, is bring these like ancient modalities and practices like yoga, like meditation, like the idea of mindful living into a really easily digestible, modern, applicable tool. Um, so for me, you know, a mindfulness advocate is someone that really strives to show people that mindfulness isn't some crazy ethereal idea that's based <laughs> up in the clouds, right? It's just being consciously present in each moment and remembering when you're not there to come back into this present moment. Um, so yeah, I think that hopefully paints a picture. Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely I, made it up. It's not like something you can go and get a certification in, but, um, sure. No, but I, I love it. I mean, actually I had written that down just doing some of the research for our conversation and, and wrote down ancient practices into modern modalities. I love the way that, that you frame that up because I mean, a lot of the work that we're doing, same thing. Like, it's not like we're inventing anything new here. These, these practices and, and concepts have been around for some, in some cases, like thousands of years, yeah. So, and I'm always amazed. You talk to all various people, and you know, depending on whether it's personal or professional success or both, they're all doing something in this realm. So it's like, why, right? Why? <laughs> what first? Why are we just figuring this out now, or hearing about this now? And you know, how do we how do we spread this message, right? Mm, yeah. So, how did it start with you? Like, let's back up a bit. What, what's your journey been? Sure. So I 
grew up in Long Beach, California, so I'm kind of an L.A. Orange County girl. Um, I would say that I was a pretty anxious kid. I, you know, I tried every sport. I wasn't really great at anything. My parents sort of let me uh, have free range over what I wanted to do, which I think looking back, I would have told them to, uh, you know, make me stick to something because I think it sort of set the tone for my life is trying things and them not happening as quickly as I want or um, me not developing into, you know, how I thought I should have been at whatever it was between okay. soccer or acting or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, that set the tone for me growing up. I have divorced parents. Okay. Um, and I grew up with a stepdad who's like, you know, amazing. We're super close. And my biological father was in the picture as well. So like I was lucky I had three parents and, I lived sort of a normal life, I guess you could say, you know, sure. shuffled back and forth between houses. And I have an older sister who's two years older than me. And she was sort of like the cool one, the artsy one. And um, <laughs> I, was, I was not. <laughs> sure. And what did you dive into? Because I know you, you know, what you're, the work that you're doing right now is, I don't want to say it's new, but it is relatively new. It, it's not, yeah. right? It's not like Absolutely. it's been 10 years. No, definitely not. Um, so... I, you know, I, I had ADHD for sure. Like I was an ADD kid. I couldn't really focus. I was super smart and intelligent, but, um, I couldn't find a real way to process that and apply yeah. it to anything, you know? So that kind of left me feeling like, and on the outskirts and, uh, jumping between friend groups and that whole story. So I wanted to be an actor as a kid. Uh, I booked one juicy fruit commercial. And I think after that, <laughs> I was like, I think I was like 13 and that was so cool. And then again, I, you know, I got over it. Right. Okay. I didn't have a stage mom or anything. So she's like, sure, you're over it. Okay, fine. Um, so right as my, you know, budding acting career was happening, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I decided to go left. And then I ended up, um, I didn't really, like, I was on the dive team. I, you know, I really didn't have, like, a direction, Okay, I would say. And then my uh, second semester, first day of my second semester of my senior year of high school, my I left high school. Um, there was some extenuating circumstances. I got in a little bit of trouble and then I found out my, my biological father had stage four cancer. Mm. So I moved basically in with my dad and, um, you know, became his, basically his caretaker, his primary uh, point of contact because his fiance or wife at the time, uh, didn't have a driver's license was, wasn't from, uh, English speaking country, let's okay. say. So she, you know, she really wasn't much of help. She couldn't talk to physicians or oncologists or anything like that. Yeah. So I went to a local junior college um, and basically commuted, lived with my dad and commuted for my first uh, year. And then, you know, took him to surgeries and appointments. And to clarify, he had stage four tongue, neck, throat cancer. Uh, which wow. was at the time, yeah, in 2007, 2008, you know, on top of basically having a lot of business troubles because of the economy, he mm -hmm. was, you know, going through this sort of thing. Um, and it was really bad. I mean, it was, I, I definitely didn't think he was going to make it at some points because he couldn't get up. He couldn't, you know, walk the dog. He couldn't eat. Um, anyone who's, you know, been affected by cancer, which I'm sure a lot of people have, it's a very, it can be a very trying disease. Yeah. Um, 
how were you doing during this time? Because I mean, not not great. I mean, I yeah. was like surviving on Adderall. I sure. you know two or three a day. I would say like just bouncing back and forth. I managed to get a four point okay. in, uh, in school. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I also I graduated high school early, so I graduated about four months early because I left. Um, and went to like a continuation school in Orange County that was half pro surfers, half stoners. Okay. <laughs> I was just like showing up and leaving sort of thing, doing yeah. my homework with my dad as he was getting chemotherapy and all that. You know, mm-hmm. I, the nurses would take special care to me because they could tell that I was severely underweight. I was like maybe 70 pounds, like soaking wet. Man, okay. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like thin. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been like triple digits. Like I'm petite. I'm like five, two and maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. So, yeah. you know, I'm just a small, small person. So after that, um, I applied to college. I got into USC as a sophomore. My dad was pretty much after a year, he was, you know, on the up and up. And he was able to start driving and that sort of thing. And so I went off to school. Okay. And I, you know, I don't think I ever had tools to process that whole experience. And he's been sick. I mean, he got sick the next year. He had a blockage in his like large intestine. He had to have major surgery that next year. And then I think it was a two years ago, he had a major heart attack. So he's sort of suffered a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been, you know, a point of, I think, contention or point of healing that I've had to sort of move through. But yeah, I went off to school, sort of tried to be a regular kid, you know, and, uh, definitely partied. I went to USC, which is here in Los Angeles and didn't know what I was going to study. That same sort of habitual pattern kind of showed up. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. I jumped around and um, I ended up graduating with a degree in public relations and entrepreneurship. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that very, sounds helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking back, I definitely want to study business, <laughs> okay. or, you know, but, uh, but everything happens for a reason. Sure. And I, uh, my senior year of college, I wound up at a little known startup called dollar shave club. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, I was the first employee. And yeah, we launched like three months after I started my internship, which was like during my senior year, and basically ended up working full time because we exploded. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was incredible until there where, you know, I had a close, a fairly close relationship with Mike, the CEO, Mike Dubin, because he, you know, it was just the two of us. And I believed in his, you know, I saw like a random little ad for an internship for a shaving company and the Trojan newspaper, the USC newspaper on campus. And I told my parents I was going to go intern for this guy. And they thought I was nuts. And they're like, like, what what? are you doing? A shaving company? (laughs) Like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, Three months later, they were like, holy shit, our daughter's a genius. But uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> holy yeah. crap. Our daughter's a genius. But um, yeah, it was a very, uh, I, want, I don't want to say tumultuous, but it was very high stress. And that, you know, I basically had a nervous breakdown. Okay. And, you know, they said, look, it's it's time, you know, for, for you to move on. Like we, I didn't know how to handle the pressure. I mm-hmm. cared so deeply. Um, you know, I took basically everything really personally because I was there since the beginning and I just didn't know how to create space between, 
things that are happening in the business and my personal emotional, you know, roller coaster at that time. Um, and that comes with maturity, but I think it also comes with experience. So I left that and that since then, I think I tried like, oh, I worked in e-commerce. I jumped around. I worked back in startups. Um, okay. I worked at like an athleisure startup for a minute. I sort of jumped around again, like that same theme. And then I wound up for one of the largest global brands in the world doing business development. And um, I killed it. But I was just so unhappy. Like I hated my life. I was driving all around LA. I was meeting with restaurant owners and different business people. And it just was really taxing. I was cold calling, basically. I was on the streets. Yeah. Um, which if anyone out there has ever cold called, mad respect, it is so hard. I did that for about a year and a half. And then I was promoted to manage a hiring center within the company. And that made it even worse because then sure. I was born, you know, this is a huge corporation. I'm not going to say who, but um, billion dollar global brand that every single person has had interactions with. Okay. Um, so that got worse and it was super corporate. Um, and then, you know, I like got into an argument with my boss one day who was much older than me and, you know, probably thought I was some spoiled brat because I was moving up the ranks really quickly. And when you're in an old boys club, you know, that, that sort sure. of thing in an old company, that sort of thing's not really people feel some sort of way. So I drove home from Downey, California, back up to Los Angeles. And I was like, screw it. I'm quitting. And I had been teaching a little bit at the time. I had my first 200 hour yoga teacher training that I got like earlier that year. Okay. And, um, I Why did you do that? that? So there was a job in between that company uh, before I started working there. And it was really a tumultuous experience. Um, I was working with a family member and it just went left really fast. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just miserable. And I, I randomly one day like stumbled into a yoga studio down the street and that sort of like unhinged me i never looked back i went every single day like religiously you know i couldn't get enough i tried every teacher i didn't care what time i got home it'd be like nine o'clock i'd be walking in the door like soaking wet and i just like i was breathing and living by yoga okay um and i also i had a lot of old injuries that i was working with and you wouldn't know it by looking at me i in college i got a concussion and i almost broke my hip i fell off a bar <laughs> Yikes. and you know uh yeah i mean i said i said i partied right <laughs> i mentioned that yeah but, uh, yeah so um yeah so uh, those were injuries you know emotional injuries physical injuries that i never dealt with and they reared back up as i became more stressed and more anxious in my career and more unhappy um and then I started feeling relief. I would go into yoga class and I, you know, my body was shaking. I was sweating. I was stumbling and like giggling and crying and like moaning and being weird and whatever. And I just was like, wow, I, you know, the next day I felt amazing. Sure. Um, so it sort of became like a lifeline. And uh, so, yeah, I was practicing all through that time and I got my teacher training. I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. And I was still working corporate. I stumbled into teaching a couple of privates with some older gentlemen in LA and they were super nice and became kind of like fatherly figures. And I just, you know, at that point, I 
when I left my corporate job, I think I maybe had like 15 or 20,000 followers. And this was a year ago in March. So literally almost to the day a year ago. Wow. And um, yeah, now, I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's so crazy. Uh, yeah. So I, I just said, screw it. I'm done. And uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, I support you, like do this. You know, I've seen how much happiness and peace yoga has brought you and how much transformation. And I also had the social media sort of to kind of try and use as a platform. And so I did it. I, you know, I started teaching any job I could get. Uh, well, there weren't many because LA is very competitive here for yoga teachers. And everyone you meet is a yoga teacher and their mom's probably a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And it can be tough to find a job. I was, you know, driving all the way out to Hollywood from Santa Monica to teach. And, you know, you make like 20 bucks. It's not even really worth the gas. Yeah. Um, and then I started focusing more on social media. And I started like, feeling like I could really reach people and develop my voice. And mind you, I wasn't even really blogging. Like I was literally just putting up pictures with, you know, heartfelt captions. And that was sort of like my way to talk to people. Yeah. Like what? No, amazing. And thank, thank you for sharing, for sharing the details. Cause I think it really provides, um, well, it provides context. Right. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of times what, what we see happen, right. Is you see somewhere, someone, where they're at today, for example, and think, oh my God, you know, they're, they're killing it here. But no one knows the history on like how that person got to that state. Right. And, and usually just like, just like you described, usually the road is, is really windy and, and there's, there's a combination of events that leads to, you know, where you are today, obviously. Right. So the context, it was not an easy road. Anyone out there who thinks, you know, I'm sure for some people it is, but my personal experience becoming an, you know, quote unquote influencer, it was not easy and it's still not easy. I mean, there's a lot behind the scenes (laughs) that people don't realize it's, it's hard. It's hard to grow a platform. It's hard to make money. You know, it's hard to be taken seriously. Um, there's a lot of competition, especially now. And, um, you know, I even think I'm like, wow, I wish I started sooner or, you know, I wish I was blogging back then. And I, yeah. build, you know, so everyone, it's, it's all in perception. Well, so let's, let's talk about that because even, even with us, right. I mean, we're, we're recording this now as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, podcasts for, for me are, are really big in my life. I, I draw a lot of inspiration from them. Um, and some would say like, oh, well, the podcast market is, is pretty saturated, but right then there's this whole other huge massive audience that really are just getting started in podcasting right right so uh, the reason i bring that up is the the yoga experience or at least you doing it full time is pretty new and i i agree with you i mean especially out where you're living it's like you know that practice and the mindset is is just way more uh adopted let's say than than a lot of other places in the world so you know, what, what did it take for you mentally to say, no, you know what, I, I'm, I am going to do that, do this. Because I think the difference is a lot of people have that thought and, and, you know, they might even have the exact same circumstances and they'll say, oh, I should do this, but 90% of people don't. Right. Right. So like, what was it for you? What was some of the, what were some of the reflections that you were going through or the pr- practices that were helping you push forward and actually do it? Well, I think the first thing that I would want to touch on is that 
<laughs> as I look back, I think it was a conscious decision, right? Like I'm going to leave my job, but I think it was a breaking point. Honestly, I mean, I could not go on trying to fit myself into this. You know, I was like a a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got that right. I can never get that right. I always see a <laughs> yes. round peg in a square hole or whatever. Um, uh, I love yeah, it. But, yeah, but I, I, I was never that person. I have never, you know, I don't like authority. I speak my mind. I fe- always feel like I'm right, you know, even though these are things that I've worked on now, but I, I'm acutely, highly aware and perceptive more so than I think a lot of people. So when I would say, hey, boss, you know, this isn't right. Like we should be thinking about doing it this way. People don't like that, especially in a corporate environment. Yeah. So I was my whole life. I had been making my decisions based off of what was going to make my mom happy or my family happy or my teachers happy or my boss or whoever. And I was empty. You know, I was running on empty. I I couldn't do it anymore. And look at where I was. I wasn't happy in my career. I couldn't keep a job for more than like a year. You know, that last job I had for two years. I mean, that was huge. I surprised I was even able to keep it that long. (laughs) Uh, So it was a decision that, you know, I, I had thought about, I think a lot of times, but you know, you talk to your parents or people that you trust who, you know, have your best interests at heart. And they say, you don't want to do that. Like you need to have a job. And it's, it's not saying that that's wrong or that's bad, but it's an old school mentality personally, you know, like there are so many other ways to make money and ways to express yourself and have a successful career and support your lifestyle than going and sitting at a desk every day. And for me, it was just like soul sucking and it was time for me to try and I knew I was coming up on like my 27th birthday I think it was like a week before and I was like if I don't do this now I'm never gonna do it and I'm gonna be unhappy for the rest of my life yeah and what the heck do I have to lose you know yeah so great question I think that's that's a big one I mean it's, that's when I asked myself when leaving you know my corporate job to do this mm. so it's like what yeah what do I have to lose or what's the worst that can happen, right? You yeah. can always go back to some of those other jobs. Exactly. Um, They're always going to be there. And, you know, uh, we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like we are resourceful and we're smart and creative. So if something was to happen, I never had a problem getting a job. I'll tell you that right now. You know, like yeah. if you're able to articulate yourself well and you can present yourself well, you can sell yourself and you can get back into any situation. Um So I sort of looked at that and said, okay, I've had how many jobs, you know, maybe like six or seven jobs in a total of five or six years, right? So (laughs) I don't have a problem getting a job, even though I don't have that, you know, they say you need a year at a certain position before you leave. So Mm -hmm. I was breaking that rule. So why couldn't I try and figure it out on my own? Sure. Well, you strike me. I mean, as, as obviously we've, we've, this is our first kind of long form conversation, but we've we've had a few chats, but Definitely, you know, through those interactions and then following your work and especially now over the last, you know, 20 minutes or so, you seem very self-aware of mm. whether it's strengths, weaknesses or, you know, elements that are going going through your life. So, and, and some of those, like you said, kind of jumping around from different jobs and, and different situations, like what are some of the things that you're doing now? Because I feel like now, if I could describe it, it almost is like a big exhale in terms of you know, mm. where you're at, right? Totally. And so like, what's keeping you? Are you, are you finding now that things are, let's, let's say slowing down a bit or becoming a little bit more, I don't know if stable is the right word, but 
you, you, I think you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think yoga was the tip of the iceberg. But what yoga taught me was to have this this Im- impeccable like conversation with myself. So, you know, when you're practicing, if you really, I don't want to say take it seriously, but if you can really dive in to whatever that is for you, it might be CrossFit, it might be writing, it might be uh, walking on the beach, it might be yoga. Um, For me, it was. So that's the example I'm going to use. But if you can slow down and become mindful in every movement, right? Matching movement to breath was a huge mind-body connection for me. And when you've got that connection and you're not floating outside of yourself, looking out, hearing out, Mm -hmm. worrying about everything else going on around you, right? But instead, if you can take a moment and build this self-awareness muscle, mindfulness and awareness and perception all become so much more aligned and authentic. And you really begin to kind of hear yourself. And that's where a lot of this that you're hearing now has come from, right? So that yoga started with the mind-body-breath connection. And then that led to meditation. Um, You know, and meditation, I think, can be harder because you aren't moving in most cases and you are trying to sit and be still, which is so not the norm for so many of us. Um, So I think having an entry or a gateway into meditation like yoga or like uh, some of those other practices, it can be really important and, and really impactful, especially if you're like me and you're vata and you're airy and you're a little bit like loud and rambunctious and you just got a lot of energy right so um yeah so yoga led to meditation and meditation led to sort of learning about all things mindfulness you know i'm in a thought coaching program now because i feel like with the the mindful self-awareness i've been able to create for myself like i would love to help other people do that and it's definitely a message that has repeated itself in a lot of my messaging and my blogging and so i want to pay attention to that because when we learn to be mindful of ourselves, you can start to, you know, see synchronicities in your life and the universe and hear signs and and see signs. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that we're just not really attuned to normally look for. Mm-hmm. And it all sort of starts with like diving into yourself. And, um, you know, I didn't know that yoga was going to be this journey. I sort of thought, okay, I'll get a great workout and a sweat and that's great. And it led me to, you know, stop eating meat, changing my entire diet, becoming a conscious consumer, Um, you know, understanding that my decisions are so much more impactful than just on me. Like they affect the world, they affect humans and animals and the planet and, and all of these things sort of encompass into, you know, educating yourself and it all started for me with a yoga mat. I'm glad you you, you brought that up because I I think I think you nailed it there is like people that people need to find and it was the same thing with me you know you have to find find that one thing to at least get you started and something Mm -hmm. that's not going to be a chore for you personally right right um and then I agree like so for me yoga actually is is something personally I want to get a little bit more involved with because I have not I'm kind of that like jump into class every now and then Right, um, right. Not really, like I'm not getting the benefits that of. I I know I'm not getting the full benefits that that you describe, but you know I'm meditating, I'm journaling, totally. I'm doing the other things that 
um, what how you described as that you start becoming way more self-aware and you start, it's crazy. Like the last, even just the last three months, like all these little signs that keep popping up that it's almost, it's almost a bit freaky, right? You're like, yeah, how? You're, alignment. <laughs> you're in alignment. You're, you know, you're yeah. doing your service and you're kind of following your path, your dharma and that the universe tells you what you're, when you're doing something right, when you're not. And like, if you can, you can hear it, you can feel it. And I think we're just keen to ignoring that sort of thing. And yeah, practice makes perfect, even though there's no perfect in yoga. I did definitely have a battle with myself. Like I started posting pictures of myself to mark my progress. And then I somehow gained 20,000 followers. And then after that, I I really became uninspired with posting yoga. And I've definitely, it's been like a a little bit of a, you know, it has its ups and downs. And there's, there's weeks where I'll practice every single day. And there's, there'll be a month where I can't get to class and I just have to be on my own mat and stretching and opening and like breathing and just being with myself. And I think it's important to garner and create this awareness so that you can benefit like you you're your own best teacher you already have all the answers Mm -hmm. but if you can't hear them you know they can't do anything for you um i think having an awareness and respect for yourself and like okay is this what i really want is this what's really going to serve me instead of like pushing yourself to go to class and pushing yourself to try and get into a deeper pose because that's what we saw on instagram and (laughs) that has a lot to do with why my page has changed and transformed into more of like a a mindful living versus just yoga poses and you know of course people love to see pretty yoga poses so I throw them in there every once in a while but I was actually injuring myself because I was trying to push my body to perform in a way that it just wasn't ready to do Um, interesting yeah and so I would you know I I pulled my my QL again which was a must an injury that I had from college from falling off the bar and I pull it trying to take a picture for Instagram and I was injured for like, Oh gosh, I think three or four weeks. Okay. Um, and you know, when I don't stretch it, it rears its ugly head. But I also believe that a lot of the physical ailments we deal with are, are stuck emotions. Um, you know, and, and things that we've dealt with in life that we haven't really fully healed and processed. Um, and so mindfully moving is something that can, you know, allow create space in the body create space in the body, create space in the mind, create space in the spirit. Um, then you've got all this amazing space that almost acts as like a barrier for your thoughts or your voice. So you get to take a minute and instead of being reactive, you can say, okay, well, is this something I really want to say? Or is this really how I want to get my point across? Or is this really how I feel about myself? Uh, or is this just, you know, an ego centered thought that's coming to me from uh, an act of jealousy or whatever the case is like space allows you an opportunity to really dial in and figure out if what you're about to do is in alignment or if this person is giving you a good energy do you even really need to be around them or this position this job um that's why I think it's so important to develop a personal mindfulness practice. Just help slow down. Like we're always moving so fast and there's so much stress around us. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I'm trying to think back. Like we're 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 close to about a hundred or so in the last year and a bit, about a hundred interviews and, and packs wow. with, with Keo. And I would say that's a theme. I mean, it's just 
it doesn't matter what the job is, what the person is doing personally or professionally. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. theme is really awareness and, and yeah. like you said, space. And it comes like the practices are all different. There's definitely themes, but yeah. that's the big thing is that, and, and, and you have to consciously make the choice for yourself to, to put something like that in your life because society, it, like every day we're, we're faced with, negativity we're faced with busyness and like that's just how the society is framed up right now unfortunately so right so if you're not consciously doing something to kind of pull out of that then kind of to your point like you would have been in that kind of rat race through the corporate ladder and been unhappy totally um i think it's about becoming the observer instead of feeling like bogged down by your reactions because for me that was a lot of the the tough times that I went through is because I was so reactive and I I didn't I knew that that wasn't who I was and who I wanted to be but I didn't know how to change it and like there's it's so easy to feel stuck or it's so easy to feel overwhelmed because there's all these different things all these different books and all this self-help and whatever Mm -hmm. and you don't even know where to go and like I think the best thing that you could do for yourself is just start and if you've started great lean into it like whenever you think you don't want to go to yoga, it's probably when you should go. And they have a saying for, um, you know, teachers is when you, we'll we'll tell our students like during class is when you think you want to come out of the pose, don't because that's when you need it most. So it's very similar, I think, for any of these modalities. But I think I love yoga the most because it's really healing. And I don't think you can find that, you know, in the gym, lifting heavy or CrossFit or, anything else like that um you know yoga is really meant to be a healing connecting property for the body for the mind um okay yeah and i don't know if you find that in anything else but i think everyone's different so everyone's gonna have something that they gravitate towards yeah well and that that, like i was saying personally i mean i know that's uh because i it's not the first time i've heard that um just the you know, yoga described like that. And, and that's the, that's the aspect that I would really want to connect with. I think I'm still too, like almost too beginner or just really stuck on you know, trying to figure out some of these poses and like, can I, mm-hmm. can I see the instructor? Can I not like, yeah. you know, what's going on? So yeah, it's so easy to get, you know, stuck or confused like that, but, yeah. but I need yeah, to cross would... that barrier. Then I can get <laughs> yes. into the real uh, mind benefit as well. Yes. Yeah, you know, set a goal for yourself. Maybe you go three times a week for the next month and, and you know, small attainable goals, I think, is the best way to do it. And find a teacher that you really, like, resonate with. I think that also has a lot to do with it. Um, sure. You know, try different classes. Try different studios. Maybe yin-yang is really what you like or restorative versus, like, a power flow. Um you know, it, it, there's so many different types and different teachers and who speak differently and they have different messages. And I think we get called to teachers who are pretty much in alignment or we feel, we feel connected to on some greater level. And there's teachers who, are, who I've gone to who are very well known in LA and, you know, they're yelling at you to get into this pose and what are you doing? Are you listening? And I, you know, I'll stay for the class. I will walk, like wind up my mat and I will leave and I will never go back sure. because that's not the type of healing that I want. So, you know, pay attention to those things. Don't get so lost in the pose. Like you'll get the benefits of yoga as long as you practice. Really the hardest part is showing up. Yeah. And uh, our ego wants to tell us, you know, that you're not good enough. You shouldn't go and you can't get this pose. It really doesn't matter. Like, you're putting forth the effort. You're showing up the rest is going to come like your body will naturally open up you just have to give it time 
Well, thank you for that. I'm sure yeah. uh, I'm sure there's many people listening that could probably benefit from that advice. <laughs> so oh, appreciate I it. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> what what do you think is misunderstood about yoga as it stands today and where it where it sits with with our society? I think a lot of it has to do with the commercialism of the practice, right? So either social media or, you know, this big brand has come under fire recently for suing two yoga teachers. Um, and, you know, we in the United States love to take these practices and make them our own, but to the point where we almost like suck the soul out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would encourage, you know, anyone to, uh, it's, it's a tough one. I, you know, I would really encourage anyone out there to, Find a teacher that they resonate with and don't worry about the poses and don't worry about the pictures you see on Instagram. Like, yeah, it's great to be inspired, but there's a lot you might not know about that person. I will tell you from personal experience, I know that there's at least, I would say 75% of the major yoga bloggers or, you know, influencers they were gymnasts or they were cheerleaders or they were dancers. So they've got crazy flexibility already. I was not one of those people. So I can understand what it is like to look at someone in this crazy huge pose that isn't even really a yoga pose most of the time. It's just hanging out in your flexibility. Uh, And it's easy to look at that and get overwhelmed and think, wow, I'm not good enough. I can't ever do that. You know, when I started yoga, I couldn't touch my toes. Okay. I could not touch my toes. And now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm doing full splits and I'm working on heart openers and back bends. But like, I wish, I wish I saved a lot more of my first progress picks because I think people would be very surprised because, you know, I wasn't flexible and I didn't know how to breathe and I couldn't quiet my mind if it, you know, was going to save my life. Um, And I would just show up. I would cry on my mat. I would laugh. Like I would let whatever needed to come out, come out. And that was the biggest healing tool for me. Like show up without expectations. Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's tough right now because we look at, you know, these yoga models or these huge brands that are charging $130 for a pair of leggings. And we feel either exploited if you're someone like me who really lives by this yoga code or you feel like it's unattainable if you're an average consumer who can't afford that and or who doesn't want to pay that absorbent price. And neither of those things define yoga. Yoga is a healing modality. It's an ancient, ancient practice healing from India where it connects your mind and your body and your breath. That's a great point. I mean, let's go back to what yoga actually is, right? I mean, it's so easy to, to, to lose sight of that and, and not even know what not even have sight of it, you know, if you're not into, or if you're just coming into the practice and you, especially if you're coming into the practice via social media, right? Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, what you see a lot of these postures, the physical yoga pose, it's called asana in Sanskrit. And it's one eighth of the yoga practice, one eighth. So it's one out of eight parts of yoga, but you don't see the other parts mostly because they're not sexy. They're not visual, right? And we're such visual consumers, but, uh, you know, the practice, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle dedicated to non-harming ahimsa, which means, you know, the, the yogic principle that harming someone else or another sentient being is actually in truth harming you. Um, so you've got, you know, other, 
other terms like svadhyaya. It's another practice I live by. It's self-study. So to dive into yourself and figure out who you are, who you want to be, um, okay. and reflect in that way. And there's just there's a stay and non-stealing, right? There's just so many different pieces and parts of yoga. Um, and you, you know, it's not the pose. It's really sure. not. The pose is a vehicle. What they what we really practice yoga for in the ancient aspect of yoga is you move the body and you move these poses so that you can sit still at the end and and meditate. That's really what the the physical pot the physical postures are for. They're a, a vehicle to expel energy so that you can meditate. Interesting. Okay. That's, yeah. Well. I mean, that's <laughs> point. You know, point taken here, right? Like uh, for me, like I don't know any of this stuff, and I'm, I'm pretty into the mindfulness space, right? Like, but like I said, yoga is is, is something I, I need to learn more about. Yeah. And it's a huge onion, you know, like I feel like every day I'm peeling back the layers and everything is intertwined, you know, mm -hmm. like yoga will lead you to a self-healing path, but so will mindfulness and meditation. And it's just, I think a lot of us have extra energy that we could expel. And, you know, our bodies, our physical bodies are meant to be open. They're meant to be flexible. They're not meant to be stiff and painful and like rickety, right? Like yeah. we, we think that hip replacements are normal. It, it's not yeah. it's, you know your body is meant to last you forever your physical form is you're not you know you don't you probably don't get a one so um take care of it and when you start taking care of your physical body the subtle bodies the emotional bodies the mental bodies those start blooming mm -hmm. and then you start taking care of those as well and i think for us this is i've said this before um on my instagram I feel like people are attracted to the physical aspect of yoga because it's so easy to see. So it's easy for us, right? We look out, we see out, we hear out, we we see that and we say, oh, I want to do that. So I'm going to I'm gonna now go into yoga because I want to do that pose. And that's a fine motivator. You don't have to want to change your life by going to a yoga class. But if you keep practicing and you're persistent and you're dedicated, your life will change 100%. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, if you're if you're getting one eighth of the benefit, right? <laughs> if you can, it's you, still a huge amount because you won't even be looking to try and meditate. You won't be looking out for these other aspects, and they'll just start happening to you. Yeah, you know, and then you can't ignore them. You nailed it there. I, I think that because even when you're explaining some of the changes that, that came about in your life, like the same thing over here. I mean, I, I stopped mm. eating meat as well. Like you just. It's just again this awareness, right? And yeah. that all these practices just start. It, it, you can, like you said, you you can't ignore it, or you can yeah. if you if you choose to. But right, like you can, it's there. But you're, yeah, your your consciousness <laughs> yeah. kind of goes, and uh, and it'll toy with you a little bit. But everyone also is here to learn a different lesson, and you know we're all on our own journey. So. You know, when I first went plant-based or vegan, I would get so... I was still in a very early point in my practice, and I'm still in a very early point, but I would get so frustrated. I'd be like, That's, that person's not a real yogi. They're still eating meat. Don't they understand? And I would get so frustrated. And that's, you know, that's rearing back to my childhood and who I was mm -hmm. growing up. And, uh, you know, it's... I think we all have to have some compassion, not only for ourselves, but other people and step back and be like, that's where this person's at on their journey. And I just have to respect that, but stay open. And I'm here if, you know, you want to learn more. And that's what I've tried to change my messaging into because 
by judging that person, right? Ahimsa, non-harming, by judging them, I'm actually judging myself. And what is it about that person that's showing me something I don't like about myself that's not healed? You know, the world's yeah. just a mirror is like one of my favorite quotes or mantras or whatever you want to call it. It's everything you see is, is teaching you something about yourself. Love that. That's a great one. We'll probably use that quote somewhere. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> please do. I mean, it's so powerful. Um, yeah. Amazing. One, another one of my favorite quotes is, uh, and I saw this on Instagram actually, and I never forgot it. Um, the inner I travel, the bigger I am. Oh, wow. That, yeah, uh, that's powerful. It is. It's so, it's huge. I mean, I could think about it all day. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Now I want to respect your time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. start wrapping up a bit. I feel like um, we could probably at one point have a part two to this conversation strictly oh, on that. yoga and like yes. dive, you could call it the you know let's dive past the one eighth for example. Love that. <laughs> and dive it in. But um, see, so at one point you, you you mentioned obviously about the kind of the self actualization or realization that you know your mental and physical health is is obviously probably the, the most important, right? You can't really help anyone else if, if you're not dialed in, in in a certain capacity. So like, what are you, uh, yoga is, is obviously a practice that, that's in your life, but like, what, what, what do your mornings look like? Or maybe it's not your morning routine, maybe it's another time in the day, but like, what, what are the non-negotiables, I guess, in your life? Yeah, um, I, in the morning, I wake up and I, I, I know this isn't the best thing, but I love to lay in bed. I've got my puppy, I've got my fiance, and I just kind of like to take a moment and a breath and then find a little bit of gratitude. And then on my wall next to my bed, I have my morning mantras that are taped right there. So when I plant my feet on the floor, I see them and I read them to myself or I read them out loud. And they're just um, a tool I use to kind of focus and, and align myself with what I really want to bring about today. Like I'll say, I'm in the flow of divine abundance, like the universe has my back. I'm so grateful for today and this fresh start. And I just try and get my mind right. And then uh, typically I'm off to teach a yoga class. I teach out in Malibu pretty much every morning on the beach, which is just incredible. So that's a great way to start my day. I get to ground, I get my toes in the sand, um, I get to look out on the ocean and, and teach a practice to people who, you know, are here for healing and relaxation and make on vacation in Malibu. Amazing. And then I'll come home. Yeah. And like, that's, um, that's a great way to start my day. If, if I could recommend one thing, it would be, you know, either read a page of a powerful book you love or write down some morning mantras or some intentions and, and try and bring a little bit of gratitude and compassion into your mind and your heart space, like first thing in the morning. That's going to set, you know, your intention for the whole day. I love that um, that point because I think it's, it's, it's fuel for the mind, right? I mean, it's, yes. I often talk to people as well and just you try to make a relation. It's like if you wake up and the first thing you do is, cram down a dozen donuts like yeah it's not a good idea no <laughs> you know, you're like, gonna crash like you know really? feel your body feel your mind with yes with don't check your things. phone yeah. do not check your phone wait till you go to the toilet or something just give your brain you know those first few minutes to read or see something powerful yeah speaking of your mantras how often do you adjust them 
I've had these ones, I would say, seven or eight weeks. And it's probably time now for me to adjust them. I, you know, if they don't call to me any longer, I'll change them. Okay. Yeah. And it's all about like where you're at in this this present moment, this place in time. And another one I've got on there, I think the last one that I'll probably keep is I choose not to judge anything that occurs or anyone that crosses my path. Um, because judgment was is, has been a, a teaching tool for me, for sure. And, sure. You know, nobody's perfect. We're all working. And, and if I can allow myself to release a judgment of someone else, maybe I won't be so harsh on myself because we're our own worst critic. Yeah, t- totally. I mean, that's another topic we can <laughs> yeah <laughs> we can get into next time. Um, I, I would definitely want to ask you about your reflective questions, and that is just this is for the app specifically. Yeah. Um, and these could be questions that you ask yourself on a frequent basis, or during you know big life changing events like deciding to leave you know the corporate world and, and get into what you're doing now, um, or just general questions that float around in your mind that you find are very, you know, impactful for you and that could hopefully help some others. Yeah, they absolutely are. Did you want me to read them or are you just asking like where they came from? Um, yeah, no, you can list them out. And if there's, if, if you want to provide any contacts behind them, totally open to that. Okay. I don't actually have them up in front of me. Even if even if they're rough, they, I mean, the general concept of, of the question. Oh, yeah. yeah. The general concept. It was definitely, um, I was inspired by how I could help people check in with themselves, either in the, you know, any time throughout the day. Okay. Um, and they're very centering. They're very self-reflective. They're challenging as well. And you might not have an answer, and that's totally okay. Um and I, they're from a place of compassion. So, you know, when you ask them, I think you'll probably step back and be like, well, I don't think I've asked myself this in a long time or, wow, this has never crossed my mind. How do I even go about answering this? They're just questions for you to chew on, you know? Sure. So, um, and I hope that they inspire and motivate and bring some self-awareness back into your space if that's what you need out there. Amazing. Yeah, no, I know. I apologize. I, I'm confused. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm confusing you on the questions is because I know what you're, you're talking about the pack that we're about to load in. Yes. So, so for, yeah, for the, for the listeners, we've got an amazing pack coming. Um, it'll be definitely out before this, this podcast airs. So please check it out. Um, and there's 10 beautiful reflective questions that'll just really challenge you, like you said, and, and get your, your thought process going really. Yeah. Um, the questions I was referring to is because not, no, it's not always the case where we do an interview and we do a pack together. But in those, oh. so the interviews, if, if we didn't have a pack, the interviews are, you know, everything we just, we just talked about. But then I always end with three, three really important questions in your life that circulate uh, very frequently. So if they're, and they can repeat from whatever you, you provide in the pack, because obviously those are, are personal questions for you. But if you had to think about it r- right now, just kind of off the, off the cuff, like, sure. yeah, what, what are, what are three questions that, that are really important to you? Okay. So three questions. I think the first would be, says who, like, uh, is this thought that you're having that's toxic and negative? Are you, is that really you saying it? Or is that your ego? Is that fear? Is that judgment? Is that lack? 
Um, That's so, great. You know, who, says, who says? Like, says who? Who says you can't do that? Um, you know, you're saying that or is that a story that you adopted from your parents telling you that you couldn't do something as a kid or whatever the case is? Um, so I always try and act, ask myself, like, you know, who, who's saying if I can do this or not? Like, is it really me? Am I really aligned with it? Or, you know, am I pulling on fear? Um, another question that I use, am I moving from a place of compassion and loving kindness? Or again, am I moving from a place of, of stress and anxiety and comparison? Uh, like I mentioned, judgment is something I definitely struggle with. And it's something that I'm working on healing. And I think we all struggle with it. Um, so I try to ask myself that before I respond to someone or write that email or write that text or, you know, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. I try and figure out is my messaging coming from a good place an authentic place? Is it something that's honest and real? Or is it me snapping back? And, you know, well, they were rude, so I'm going to be rude. Or that person just cut me off on the freeway, so now I have to say something obnoxious. Like, what is the <laughs> sure. motivation, right, behind what we're doing? Like, peel back the layers. Yeah, and it's just taking that second. That's what's key. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that's creating space. And then my last question is, is this filling me up? Um, I think especially as teacher, if you're a teacher out there of any type of modality, it can be exhausting where you're giving, 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 and you kind of neglect yourself. So is what I'm doing right now, is it filling me up? So if I ask myself that right now, is this podcast filling me up? Is it creating love in my heart? Absolutely. This has been like the best hour of my life that I've had in forever. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, you can ask yourself that at any point. Like, are you happy in your career? Are you seriously happy? Like, are you motivated? Are you loving it? Are you coming home and you're anxious and tired and just dead and you can't even think about going back tomorrow? Because if that's the case, it's probably time to take a good look and, you know, and go for some change. Absolutely. Last question for you. What, sure. what made you smile this week? Ooh, that's a good one. I, uh, I got an email from someone who found me on social media and it was just a few lines. It wasn't anything crazy. And they basically said like that something I'd said really touched them and helped them make a decision. And they had just lost someone close to their, to them. And, um, something I said had helped them heal. And it just was like really powerful. Um, you know, so don't forget that like, whether it's social media or not, whether it's buying coffee for the guy in line behind you or, you know, getting some water for someone less fortunate who's hanging out on the street corner or whatever the case is like you, there's other people watching and you have the power to help change someone's day and put a smile on someone else's face. And I think the more we give, like I was talking about earlier, Seva or service, like however we can serve, it allows the ego to minimize because we're not focused on ourselves. We're focused on helping someone else. That's really important. Thank you so much. I agree. And I think, you know, we could probably all do a little bit more on that, on that front and the world would be a great place because of it. Always, always, always. So I have to thank you for taking the time to, to share your story and, uh, you know, obviously dive into this, this topic with, with me. Like I said, I think we could probably talk for another few hours just on the topic of yoga and, and all the different kind of misunderstandings and, and help people get started. But 
Um, sure. I just want to thank, you, you know, just for being so open at the beginning, putting, you know, providing context for people and, and, and providing inspiration. I, I have to say, I mean, I, I'm pretty pumped myself to, to try a few <laughs> different things. And I want to, you know, let the listeners know too, you made a, a mention about, you know, kind of a shout out to anyone out there that's ever done any kind of cold calling or cold emailing. <laughs> I mean, we're speaking because of that. So, yeah. yes, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you just have to kind of follow. But I think when you're doing it, you, you know, you have to be doing it for a purposeful reason and people yes. see you see right through it if, if you're not. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's you know, all vibration and energy. We can all feel it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So follow your gut, follow that intuition and yes. kind of, you know, do what's right. And again, thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you so much, Mark. Mark.